I am dreading the day that I have to go back to school. Like literally, I'm thinking about it right now and I'm like, I could literally kneel over and cry. Like sob, gut-wrenching tears right now. Um, it's pretty bad. And part of this is because I'm not happy with my classes and all of that jazz. I mean, we know about that. I talked about it in a previous episode called Don't Ask Me What I Want to Be When I Grow Up. Um, go ahead and watch that episode if you want more information on why I feel this way. But I am. I'm dreading going back. And it's like very soon. Coming up very soon. And it's like I just can't. I just can't deal with the nonsense, the foolery, the tomfoolery of what I know I'm about to go through right now. And if you're an education major, you can relate to this, but EdTPA can go suck my ass. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I didn't mean to get that intense. Sorry about that. Um, but before I get into that, to, to the, that conversation, there were some things I wanted to talk about. So, um... This past couple days, I've been wearing my hair um, natural, and I, I usually wear my hair natural and it's not in braids, but I've been wearing my hair natural, natural. And by that, I mean, like, usually I do a little middle part in a low bun, um, kind of giving Harriet Tubman vibes. <laughs> um, and I mean, I like that look. I vibe with that look. But sometimes I want to just, I don't feel like doing all that. Like making my hair as flat as possible and putting a million different bobby pins in my hair and giving myself a headache after 30 minutes of my hair like that. So I just use my little stocking that I've cut and I put it in a big afro puff at the top of my head. And honestly, it looks killer. Like I look really good. Um, but it does people notice people be noticing my hair when it's like that um i'm undeniably black and i mean i'm always undeniably black because i'm brown but in that moment they're like oh she's black black kind of thing if you know what i'm saying um but that that kind of has led me to some some situations so i've been going to work lately at my part-time job and customers comment on my hair and it's fine like i don't i'm secure in myself but there was this one lady who was like, um, I love your hair. Um, I wish my hair could do that. And I was like, oh, thank you. He, he, he. Like, I was really feeling myself. I was like, oh, my God. Uh. Um, and she was like Indian or Pakistani. I'm not really sure what her ethnicity was. But she looked kind of like she could be one of those two. And um, she was with a white man, for context. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, thanks. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, thank you so much. And then she, like, kept going. I was like, okay. She's like, yes, it's so beautiful. I wish my hair could do that. Instead, it just does this. And she, like, flicked her ponytail around. And her hair, of course, was straight. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. Hee, hee. Hmm. Like, it was kind of getting a little awkward. Like, okay. You didn't have to keep going. And she just, like, kept going. And I was like, like, she really wanted to tell me how much she loved my hair. And this kind of reminds me of what I talked about in a previous episode. The one called um, Learning How to Do My 4C Hair where it feels like people comment on my hair positively usually as a, in a performative sense or because they know that they should or like they feel like they're supporting me like wearing my natural hair because I guess it wasn't supported in the past I don't know it's but it always leaves me feeling uncomfy like um and then another instance <laughs> where I was wearing my natural hair I mean well 
my boss um, or my the manager at the part-time job, he also like looked up at my hair and then looked at my face next and it was like, oh my God, like he's a white old man. And I was, it's just like, you're just so hyper aware of the fact that you are black when you wear your hair like truly as it is in its natural state. And really, this is even my hair truly as a natural state because it's stretched. Like, I put product in it and I braided it and all that jazz. So it could have been even, the shrinkage could have been really doing its job. But in, in this case, it was flowy and uh, stretched and floofy and kind of like, you know, like when I walk, there's a little bounce to it. Um, if I didn't stretch my hair, if I didn't braid it every night, there would be no bouncing going on <laughs> in my Afro puff. But... When I was wearing my afro, I was watching a K-drama earlier today um, because I was procrastinating. I was supposed to be writing, but I was watching K-drama instead. <laughs> um, and I'm watching this drama called Fabulous on Netflix. Um, it's kind of like a mini-series, I guess. It's eight episodes. And there's this scene in one of the episodes, this is not a spoiler or anything, where um, the main character, like the male love interest, I guess, is trying to cheer up his friends and he puts on a pink afro and like does some little dancey dances and stuff and is doing like i don't know he's dancing to some music to cheer up his friends and they're like oh yay go 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 like kind of thing and it's like kind of cringy to me it's like oh like would this happen in real life i don't actually know but um i mean his friends are cheered up so he did his he, he did what he sought out to do but i was looking at him and i was looking at me in the mirror and i was looking back at him and i was looking at me and i was like hmm <laughs> Tell me why we look the same. Now, okay, he had a pink afro on, but I had taken my hair out of the the stocking cap that was keeping it in a high afro puff, so I just had a full-on afro at this point because the stocking cap was giving me a headache. I had a headache from working a five-hour shift and keeping my hair in that thing all day. And I was like, when I saw him, and I looked at me in the mirror, and I was like, why do we look kind of the same? I was like, kind of... I don't know, I felt kind of icky about it, like, I was just waiting for the scene to be over, I was like, okay, can we move on now, like, I don't know about this, and it's not that he did anything wrong, like, he just wore a pink afro wig and was dancing, but I was like, was the afro wig needed? Is the afro wig supposed to make him seem silly and goofy fun? Like, what was that about? And as all of my friends and family know, I have a conspiracy about afro wigs. Like, why do clowns wear afro wigs? What about our hair is clownery? Why, what's funny? That's just how my hair grows out of my head. That has to be connected to some type of menstrual stuff for clowns to be wearing afro hair, have oversized shoe, draw oversized lips, and have like the big red noses. Like it just feels like it has to be racist somewhere down the line. Like did people who were doing blackface evolve that into clowns? I don't know. It just seems wrong. And cause it's also because the fact that clowns are meant to be laughed at. Now, I read this one book, this one romance book, I don't remember what it's called, where the the love interest was a clown for her, for like, her job. <laughs> that was her dream. And I liked the book, I think. Um, but she, it was, it was like a respectable job, at least the author portrayed it as that. But I just feel like the, a clown is a persona that's meant to be laughed at. Like, okay, on one hand, it does bring people joy and all of that, but... It doesn't feel like you're laughing with the clown. It does feel like you're laughing at the clown. So it just makes me wonder, like, is this some type of racist stuff? Is this some type of blackface menstrual stuff? Why are they wearing afros? I remember when I worked at um, a craft store, and they it was like, I think like March or... It was after March. I think it was like April or May. 
and they were like trying to get rid of the clearance from St. Patrick's Day and they had like a bunch of uh, green afro wigs and I was like this has got to be racist just looking at them and it's always white people wearing them have you ever seen a black person in an afro wig no because we can just grow our own hair like that like why would we wear an afro wig I don't know if any of that is actually true if clowns in their origin are racist but it feels like it <laughs> to me I feel so something doesn't feel right um but anyway let's get back to the the topic of this this episode learning to live in the moment now I talked about at the very beginning of this episode me dreading my semester upcoming my final semester if I can pass <laughs> if I can get through this last stretch um and it's just something that I've been trying to practice more and more lately and it's so difficult to put it into practice. I tried to think about that, um, why would I spend all of my time, my free time, the end of my winter break, worrying about what's to come instead of just enjoying my freedom while I still have it. But it's like you can't help but dread the inevitable. Um, and it's not like I, it's, I dread going back to classes, right? Because I don't like my classes and I dread having to go to my internship because you know spending eight hours a day unpaid is pretty brutal and you know don't get me wrong I love my students but um, eight hours a day is a lot especially when I could be doing something else like working on writing or my podcast or getting paid at my part-time job um, and it's just tiring overall like it's just a, a tiring experience um, it's, a, it's a rewarding experience for sure student teaching but I just feel so drained and when I wake up in the morning to go there I don't feel happy I just feel I feel almost like hopeless I feel I feel like I feel like I think to myself when I'm getting ready in the morning why am I doing this and when can it be the last time that I do this I don't know why. I really don't. Because I enjoy my time with the children, the students. I really do. They're the, the light of my whole time there. And um, I enjoy teaching lessons sometimes when I'm not riddled with fear and anxiety because of my public speaking phobia. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know why I'm unhappy, but I know that I am. And uh, realizing that makes me feel like I shouldn't be teaching. Because why would I willingly choose to stay in that unhappiness because of my own uncertainty and sometimes I worry that um, I'm leaving one unhappiness to somehow end up in another and I feel like maybe I should just stay in this unhappiness because it's familiar and comfortable but I realize that you don't know what's waiting for you out there and even if you do somehow end up somewhere where you're just as unhappy as you would have been in your current situation why would you stay somewhere where you know you're going to be unhappy instead of taking the chance of going somewhere where you might be happier? It's just something that, you know, it's just a risk that you have to take. Because even if you leave this unhappiness to find another environment where you're just as unhappy, you can keep leaving them until you find the environment that makes you feel that contentedness, that happiness. Um, and it's so much easier said than done. Trust me, I know that. Um, because there's things involved like financial factors you know of course you would leave your job if you could because it makes you unhappy but you need your job to pay your rent and to pay your bills um but as long as you're working towards leaving that thing that makes you unhappy no matter how small of an effort it is 
I feel like you then have something worth being happy about because you're you're always working toward happiness or achieving it. I often think about like why when I know that the next moment isn't guaranteed in life at all at any time, um, why would I spend the moments that I do have worrying about what might be instead of appreciating what currently is my reality? Like why am I spending so much time worrying about what the future holds instead of worrying instead of instead of focusing on what the present has given me um, and being grateful and thinking about how a year ago two years ago ten years ago five years ago I would have been so grateful to have the things that I do now I always try to think about that the younger version of myself what would she think about me right now she would be through the roof I mean I'm attending my dream school the major I thought that I was meant for um, all of that Side note, <laughs> uh, today at my part-time job, there was a little boy and he like, it was like a toddler, maybe two, maybe one and a half, I don't know. And he waved at me and I was like, haha, so cute. And I waved back and the parents were like, oh my God, that's the first time he's ever waved at anybody. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm honored. Um, but I was like, why do kids like me so much? Like, it's your fault. It's your fault I'm in this major because I thought I was like, you like me and I like you. I should just become a teacher. <laughs> like, that's what I thought about kids. Um, I don't know why kids gravitate towards me so much. Um, it's kind of frustrating, but I guess I should appreciate it for what it is. But I, I can't help but link it to my failed attempt or what feels like my failed attempt at becoming a teacher. Yeah, but thinking about this, it's all for naught. You know, like um, that quote in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, worrying only makes you suffer twice. You know, it makes you suffer in the worrying part and then also when you go through it, if it's just as bad as you were worrying it would be. So why worry? You're just gonna suffer twice. And I try to remember that, I really do, but sometimes I'll be worrying anyway. Yeah, I've been thinking about writing a poem about all this. Um, I feel like it would be a banger poem, but I actually, writing poetry is really hard for me as a prose writer. I took one um, poetry class in college, and it was really hard. It was hard because it was focused a lot on conciseness and the intentional way that you chose the words to include um, because you're working with such little space compared to prose stories. And I think that class definitely made me a better prose writer, even though it was miserable because I suffered a lot um to write a poem but um I think it'd be a fun exercise to write a poem about this I, I mean even when I wrote poems for that class it was kind of like a story disguised as a poem most of the time <laughs> but you know a poem is a poem a poem is a poem if I say it's a poem yeah so back to back to living in the moment um, it's really important to live in the moments that we do have instead of worrying about the moments that we don't have yet. Um, I also think it is worth recognizing that your worries are valid. Me telling you not to worry because worrying only makes you suffer twice does not mean that your worries about what might happen are valid. It's just that, you know, feel what you're feeling about your worries and then try to distance yourself from those feelings until you're you know, forced to face them again until you need to face them again when you're in the situation that you've been worrying about. Um, because lingering in those feelings, um, ruminating in those feelings are not going to do you any good. They're just going to make you feel yuckier. 
really. But to say all that to say, I think last semester, I might have lived in the moment a little bit too much. Um, I lived in the moment to the point where <laughs> I was procrastinating doing my assignments. I was like, well, that doesn't matter to me right now because like that's not as important because it's not due until next Friday. And then it would be next Wednesday. I'd be like, well, I'm going to live in the moment. I'm going to live in the moment of Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I'll live in the moment and have to do my work because it's due on Friday. And then it would be Friday and I'd be like, oh, this is the moment. <laughs> I have to do my work. Um, I'm living in the moment a little bit too hard. So yeah, live in the moment, but also be realistic. Know that you need to do what you need to do, not just in the moment that is due, but also in moments before that. I feel like that's kind of conflicting. Like I just told you to only worry about what you need to worry about right now, um, and then also worry about what you need to worry about in the future. <laughs> but what, I, what I'm really saying is, if you have let's say you have an assignment due in three weeks, right? If doing that assignment a little bit at a time every day for the next three weeks will in the end make you less stressed, you should then live in that moment of doing a little bit at a time instead of worrying about the big project at the end. Or if, if you have something that's been stressing you out and you're like, oh my God, it's a month left or it's two months left. Or, oh my God, it's like next week. You should then live in the moment of those feelings but not let that moment become your entire day or your entire hour. Don't let those feelings consume you to the point where all of your moments are tainted or tarnished by those negative feelings. I guess is the point that I'm trying to get at. I was looking at my dog and I realized that life is really about the little moments. And I feel like everyone says that, like it's so cliche, but it really is. It's about you know, watching your dog sleep or taking your favorite bite of your favorite food, you know, that last bite where you wish you had more, but you just, you feel so satisfied and you know that you if you had even just one more bite, it wouldn't have been as satisfying as that last bite would have been. Um, or dancing to loud music by yourself, those little moments when you feel like life is worth living, like all of the hardships and all of the stressors in life these small moments make it worth enduring through those times so it makes me think why spend so much time fretting about those big moments in life when you can just enjoy the little moments in between why do we do that to ourselves i don't know i do it to myself and it's still you know it's still a work in progress for me i'm still working on not letting those big moments in my life consume me. Matter of fact, right now, I'm worried about getting rejected from a study abroad program that I applied to. Will I get rejected? Probably yes. It only has a good 10% acceptance rate. But what can I do about that right now? <laughs> I mean, I say that, but I'm a horrible example. Like, I literally looked up Reddit posts of when past years people had been accepted or rejected, and I found out that um, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen next week. And I'm like, oh my god, next week is so soon. Um, and I've been fixating on that lately, but I'm trying not to because there's nothing I can do about that right now. There's nothing I can do but enjoy the time I have. And I told myself that if I get rejected, I'm going to get gelato as a consolation prize. And if I get accepted, I'm going to get gelato still as a celebration. So really, am I losing here? Not really. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to live in the moment. I'm trying to enjoy when my dog 
sees me come in from work and he's so excited he nearly pees himself. Um, I'm trying to enjoy when my mom goes out of her way to cook my favorite food. I'm trying to enjoy when my favorite book or favorite K-drama makes me laugh out loud or a TikTok I see really resonates with me. But it's hard. It's really hard because even when you're living in the moment, those stressors and worries just linger in the back of your mind. Even when you're laughing freely with your friends or your family, you're still thinking about, you know, it's still nagging at you that those things still exist. This, this moment of joy is not erasing um, the stress that's going to await you after it's over. <sighs> yeah, that's kind of rough, honestly. I don't know. But I'm going to try to do better. I'm going to try to do better to live in the moment and be grateful for the moments that I have, really. Um, because they're not guaranteed and I'm not, you know, obligated to have these moments. It's a privilege to be alive and to be breathing and to live another day and have another chance to eat my favorite dessert. Um, that got kind of sentimental, but you know what I'm saying. You do. I know you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's life is about more than just the stressors and when I think about it, the things that I was stressed about last semester, last year, even two years ago, are so microscopic to me now. Like, I'm not even worried about them because I've overcome them. And once you overcome it, it feels like it's no big deal. Like, of course, we're going to overcome it because you have hindsight bias, right? You know that you're going to come on, you're going to survive to the other side of whatever hill you are, whatever challenge you are currently in facing. Um... But in the moments when you're going through the challenge, it just feels like it's a never-ending uphill battle and you don't know where you're going to end up or if you're going to even make it to the other side and just, just being in the uncertainty of it all is nerve-wracking. Um, so I really feel for you. If you're in that situation right now, I know I'm currently in that where nothing is certain. I mean, nothing is ever certain, but even more nothing is certain because you're aware that you don't know what your life has the potential to be like 12 months from now um versus like last year i could pretend to be like 12 months from now i'm still gonna be in school even if that wasn't gonna be true i could still think that because that's the trajectory that i know my life is supposed to go on but now that i've decided to do a career change and i don't know what my trajectory is life is a lot more unsettling from day to day um but to make sure that I don't drown in those feelings of being unsettled, I just have to remember that if I'm laughing every day at something, then I know that I'm going to make it to the other side. Somehow, some way, I'll make it to the other side. And hopefully I make it to the other side happier than I was before. Happier than I even knew I had the capacity to be. With that, I think I'm going to end the episode there. Um, make sure to follow the podcast at Jumble Podcast on Instagram. And as always, you know the drill. I hope that tomorrow is a better day than today. I hope that you're able to live in the moment and savor that last bite of ice cream or savor the wind on your face or a, a warm sunny day that in a slew of cold, rainy, snowy days 
Um, I just hope that tomorrow is a day that makes you feel like life is worth living.